1: Greetings horse folks, Coach Jen here and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is an excerpt from the Horse.com's weekly horse health report on the Horses in the Morning show, episode number 501. The Horse.com digital editor Michelle Anderson, Dr. Mandy Ahrens of UC Davis and the Horses in the Morning gang discuss bone fragility syndrome. But before we get to our tip, let's hear from Equestrian Collections.
0: Hi, Glenn, back with you from the Horse Radio Network. I am here with Debbie with the Equestrian Collection's Product of the Week. Hi, Glenn, and
2: happy fall since it's the autumn season i wanted to feature our new waterproof turnout sheet it's called the centaur don't shoot waterproof turnout sheet and the reason it's called that is because it is blaze orange it is as bright an orange as you could imagine it also has reflective strips on it so that if you're in a place where your horse is in a pasture and you're the least bit worried about hunters you slap this thing on them and they will not mistake your horse for a deer it's only 54.95 so it's well within it's below $60. And it's only 420D, so it's not designed for a D meaning denier. It's not designed for, um, you know, rough, uh, being rough out there in the fields. But what it is designed for is for visibility. I have a lot of customers who are concerned about that these days, and this is our answer to that. It is a waterproof turnout. It's waterproof, breathable and it's got the reflecting strip so it's good to see day and night it has a double front closure it has the, um, the D-rings for the uh, leg straps, but the leg straps don't come with it, so that's no problem. Most all of us have extra leg straps around, or you can order them from us as well. It also has front leg arches, so it fits really well. It's a Centaur product, which is a well-established vendor that we sell a lot of. This is just the first time they've gone into the protective environment, and I think it's a great idea for fall.
0: It is very bright, and we used to have that problem in Pennsylvania where we lived. Uh, there were hunters all around our farm. So I love this product. It's available in all the usual sizes from 63 through 87. So you're bigger horses as well. You can find it at equestriancollections.com. And Equestrian Collections also has a bunch of reflective stuff for humans as well. You can find that at (laughs) equestriancollections.com.
3: Okay, it may be the time to ruin Glenn's lunch, blah, 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 but it is the time every week where we make Jamie paranoid. Uh, and <laughs> just, just things that you, you know, you go out there and you're like, oh, I hope my horse doesn't have an abscess. Oh, I hope my, I hope my horse didn't do a tendon. Oh, I hope my horse doesn't have bone fragility syndrome.
4: Why yeah, you, me. <laughs> <laughs> this one, this oh. one isn't isn't one that's going to make Glenn lose his lunch, but it makes my toes curl a little bit. Um, yeah, we're talking about bone fragility syndrome today. Okay,
3: Michelle, let me stop you real quick. I got to take my yeah. Prozac.
4: Okay. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> right, we're good. So deep breathing, Go deep breathing, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have Dr. Mandy Ahrens with us. Uh, she is from UC Davis. Hi, Mandy. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Hello. So. So Dr. Ahrens is a DVM. She also has a Master's of Preventative Veterinary Medicine. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. And a Ph.D. You don't see that MPVM very often. What does that mean? It's, um, it's comparable to a
5: Master's in Veterinary Public Health. Um, so it's looking at uh, populations instead of at the individual animal, but it's basically like a Master's in Public Health.
4: Okay, and so you did your PhD work, I believe, on this bone fragility syndrome. Is that do I have that right?
5: That is correct.
4: Yes. Okay. So how did you get started working with uh, this? Because this is a not very common kind of mysterious. Yes, you are right. And um,
5: it was basically just sort of a um, the right time at the right place. I had just started my PhD work in the veterinary orthopedic research lab at UC Davis. And at about the same time, a veterinarian from Monterey, California, which is one of the sort of hot spots for this disease, um, sort of came knocking on the proverbial door saying, we have a problem down in this area. And there are these horses, they're developing these really bowed shoulders, and they're and we're having just too many broken bones. Um, and unusual bones are breaking, like the pelvis and the back and the ribs. Um, so she came to Davis looking for help to try to figure out what was going on, and I was looking for a research project. So it just sort of we came together and uh, tried to figure out what was going on with the disease.
4: Okay. And so you've mentioned the bowed shoulders and, and the breaking of the pelvises. What other kind of clinical signs do we see in horses that have bone fragility syndrome?
5: Well, one of the things that we know about this disease now is that it is it's progressive, um, and so it worsens over time. Um, so, in the early stages, what, what can be frustrating is that the clinical signs are really vague. Um, so, a horse might just have some intermittent lameness or they might um, have some body stiffness, just sort of not doing quite right, diffusing jumps, not wanting to do lateral movements or something like that. Um, as the disease progresses, the lameness can become worse and more persistent. Um, and then, at the end stage of the disease, they take on this very characteristic, Sort uh, of body shape where their shoulders become really bowed um, to the side as well as they shift forward so it looks kind of like they're hunching their shoulders towards their head. Um, they develop a really bad sway back that's not related to age. We sort of associate sway back with old horses, okay. um, but horses with this disease can have a really bad sway back at like 12, 14 years old. Um, and then um, they will then start developing sort of spontaneous fractures, which, you know, unfortunately is really the,
4: the end end stage of the disease. Okay, yeah, and I'm looking at a picture that we have in our current issue of the horse, of the swayback, back, and it does just look like yeah. a little old horse, um, but uh, I can see that bowed shoulder. It's really interesting if everyone, anyone gets a chance to take a look at that um, in the magazine. But so what's causing this? Well, we don't know for
5: sure. Um, what we do know is that the where the bone disease shows up is um, it first showed up, as I said, in Monterey, which is an area that is known for a lung disease called pulmonary silicosis, which is a chronic lung disease that horses and the horses get from inhaling or breathing in uh, toxic silica dioxide particles. Um, so these are certain crystals that are in the soil, um, and they're they're sort of they're everywhere, but they're toxic ones that are located in certain geographic regions. And when they inhale these crystals, they go into the lungs and create a chronic inflammatory state, so just chronic inflammation that um, is not curable and the horse can't get over. Um, and about 90% of the horses with bone fragility also have this lung disease, silicosis. So there's some
4: Wait. sort of an association. Yeah. Where is this again? So, in beautiful Monterey, <laughs> California. In beautiful You're Monterey, California. Yes,
0: crystals in Monterey, California. <laughs> 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 but they're
5: also, <laughs> yes, and it's also shown up. That's where it started, where we first became aware of the disease. Um, but since then, we have horses that have been diagnosed throughout California. Um, usually, they, they seem to sort of follow in clusters down the coastal range. Um, but we've had horses as far north as Redding, which is up by the Northern California border, and down to San Diego, Um, mostly, again, along the coastal range, but also some in the Sierra Mountains.
0: Does this have anything to do with the hippie movement in the 60s and what might be left in the dirt or not? Just asking.
5: I I doubt it (laughs) because these crystals date back to the uh, Miocene era, so they've been there a long, long time.
4: Okay. So these these are, are naturally occurring silica particles, right?
5: Exactly. They're naturally occurring silica particles.
4: Okay. Right. So right. Do, we, do we see it outside of California? Are there other regions in the country? Um, we have seen horses diagnosed with the disease in
5: other, um, other states, um, but so far all of them have had a history of living within California. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we if the premise that it's based on these crystals is correct, it should pop up elsewhere because these crystals are found worldwide and not just in California. Um, however, to date, the only horses that have had the disease diagnosed have all had a history of living at some
4: point in California. Mm-hmm. So um, do they have, is it related to age at all? Like, do we see it in the youngsters or is it as they get a little bit older? You said like a 12-year-old can have the severe swayed back.
5: Yeah, so it's, um, we don't think that there's any age or breed or, you know, mirrors, gelding, stallions have all been diagnosed with it. The youngest horse we diagnosed was four, um, and then we've diagnosed horses up until their 20s and 30s. Um, what what happens, though, is at four, they might not look like that picture that's in the in the horse. Um, mm-hmm. So they won't have the sway back, um, per se. But we have seen some horses as young as four and six with the really, um, sort of characteristic shoulders. So that can happen early on depending on how severe the disease is.
4: And in these hotbed areas like in Monterey, how prevalent is the disease? Do you see, it, is it a high percentage or?
5: what we think it's been hard to, to get an
4: exact number
5: because, um, because in this early stage it's hard to diagnose them sometimes. Um, but veterinarians in these hotbed areas um, sort of estimate that about 25 percent of their clinical practice or the population in the area um, might have the disease. Wow. So, so in certain areas it could be you know quite present, whereas in other areas it's not present at all. Oh. So
3: I have a in the
4: yes, Hold
3: on. how okay. let let's get let's talk numbers here because there's. Obviously, I'm never moving to Monterey, California. Obviously, I can get <laughs> afford to, to Monterey. <laughs> I know. Uh huh. No, because I might inhale some silicone into my lungs and get past some disease to my horse. I don't know. So, uh, question, how many horses, overall total, and I'm sure you know, have been diagnosed with this disease?
5: Well, again, it, it, it seems like we should know that number. And at Davis, I think we're about... Um, I want to say maybe 150 um, oh just goodness. since I started researching, I guess since the, the early 2000s. Um, but the, so the caveat there is that it, we've just recently recognized this as a disease. Um, mm-hmm. So we're just now kind of within the past, I'd say, five years, starting to diagnose horses. And, um, and because it's only really easy to diagnose once they develop these bowed shoulders and sway back, um, I think a lot of horses might go misdiagnosed or undiagnosed. Um, right. They might get, say, euthanized because of pain before they develop the really bad signs, and so they don't get diagnosed with this disease.
0: What was the, what's um, the, the, most the most common misdiagnosis? What was the one that they were thinking it was?
5: Well, sometimes it's, it, it can just be a, um, you know, just a persistent lameness they, they can't find a cure for. Um, and what's hard is that the lameness is often... Or the source of the lameness, the pain is up high, up in the shoulder or the shoulder blade, so it doesn't block out with your um, with your nerve blocks, and so it becomes an unknown an unknown lameness that, that they might detect a fracture um, for unknown reasons. Um, if you did say an ultrasound, you might see the fracture, or um, bone scan is the best way to diagnose this disease, and so you see some changes. Uh, so if you saw that you standing alone, you might think, okay, this horse just has a bad fracture and it's not going to get better, and it might be euthanized because of that without having a diagnosis of the disease.
3: So but five years, say, 150 cases, I mean, that's starting to add up. Well, that
5: yeah, actually the, the 150 cases is since, I think, 2003, maybe, or the late 1990s. So that's over, that's over probably 10, 15 years. Um, oh. And wow. then the, other, the other issue with, with Davis is that Davis itself is not in a hot spot, so we only get the cases here that veterinarians have referred to us. Um, right. So if you, I think if you you know, if we could somehow, you know, survey veterinarians out in the field, um, out in their practices, I think the, the number would be much, much higher. Oh,
4: oh great. So, so did, you, <laughs> did you guys come up, your research team come up with any recommendations for prevention?
5: Um, the only thing that we have so far is that um, if it is associated with silicosis, which, which it is, um, is that dust control and trying to prevent the, you know, the exposure to those crystals. Um, so this could be feeding not on the ground, not in the dirt, feeding in the barn, feeding elevated. Some people have tried mulching um, the paddocks so that the dust is, um, is less. Uh, the, the hard part, again, is that since we don't know for sure that it is caused by the crystals, this may not completely solve the problem, um, but it does seem to, on uh, the farms that have, that have done like mulching, it does seem to reduce the, uh, the number of horses that get diagnosed there.
3: Just move. Sounds easy. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful there. <laughs> It is that's... pretty,
5: and, and, you know, I don't want don't to just totally dissuade you from moving to Monterey because there are some areas in Monterey that are completely fine. It's not
4: the whole county. Yeah. Yeah, so, well, okay. Well, well, thank you, Dr. Ahrens, for, for joining this. This one's fascinating. Yeah. It's well, really you.
3: interesting because, I mean, I just could never have heard of something like this, and for you, congratulations on getting all this research done, and I know it's going to be kind of a lifelong journey, uh, lifelong passion of yours to kind of learn more about it and you know i'm just glad there's smarter people than me out there like you doing this kind of work <laughs> oh well, thank you and and, uh,
5: and and yeah we hope to, to continue doing more research at davis and, and figure more things out about this strange disease
1: well there you go to listen to more of the horse.com's tips just go to horsetipdaily.com and go to the experts drop down menu on the left If you love listening to the Horses in the Morning gang putting in their two cents on horse health topics, tune in to Horses in the Morning at Horsesinthemorning.com for your weekly fix of up-to-the-minute horse health information. You can also go to thehorse.com where you will find the mother load of horse health information covering pretty much every topic imaginable. Don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they make these podcasts possible. Today's podcast has been brought to you by EquestrianCollections.com. Just like Horse Tip Daily brings the whole world of equine knowledge to you, Equestrian Collections brings the whole world of equine online shopping to you. Check them out today at EquestrianCollections.com, and while you're there, tell them Coach Jen sent you. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover on the show. You can subscribe to all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zune and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zune, or MP3 player. You can also listen to the shows right on Facebook. The player's right there every day. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse!